You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 65, Eric Carlson, newest Pittsburgh Penguin, for those of you that are hockey fans, of the Dive Bomb Podcast. I'm here with my one co-host who is healthy and ready to go in this summer break. Summer's been tough on us, so Varun's taking the week off this week, but he'll be back uh, when F1 returns. But I'm here with James. How are we doing today? Uh, Good Carlson fan, but not a Penguin fan, so it, it hurts very much to have 65 Wearing the gold and black, <laughs> I'm loving no it. red involved. But yeah, we're doing we're doing well, Good. and uh, I honestly want F one back already. It's already, it just hurts. No one's like another three weeks. I know. I'm sure. I'm sure um, some of the other teams are or some. I was gonna say some of the other teams other than Red Bull are okay with a little <laughs> yeah. break, but um, I know, probably Max wants to get back on the horse and and uh, keep rolling. So. Um, this episode is called Spa Me the Details, and obviously we had another race in Spa that was dominated by Red Bull, and we're not going to spa you the details. We're going to go through, as normal, um, the details as for the most exciting points of that weekend, as well as we're going to go from 10 to 1 um, down up and down the constructor's um, standings and talk about our mid-season review for F1 as a whole and each team and any drivers that come to note there's been some that have done a lot of fun uh good stuff this year and some that have done not too much this year so we'll talk our way through it hope everyone's enjoying uh the summer break and i like i said i know some of the teams are probably really enjoying it and i've seen a lot of the guys a lot of the drivers on instagram definitely enjoying uh the break yeah, it must be nice to be an f1 driver yeah, i think <laughs> the only one the only person that probably isn't is uh we'll go into his team now and talk about them right off the bat but is probably danny rick yeah. he was probably ready to keep going as he's only had two races under his belt this year but as i mentioned we'll start off by talking about alpha towery uh i guess we'll just summarize their weekend as a whole in in spa where um danny i believe finished 10th in the sprint race which was just outside of the points, a couple positions outside of the points, which is solid. And then in the race itself, we had another brilliant performance by Yuki, who um, came home with a P10, which has been the story of his year, really. he's That car, we all know, has been very disappointing, but how impressive is it that this guy just keeps putting in drives, like where he's right in, in amongst, um, you know, the the midfield that's so competitive and he's actually taking that car to like a point scoring oh, position it's nuts he's it's, punching uh, way above his weight class and yeah. nickel and diming a point here and there like it's yeah unbelievable that's i think that's the good way to talk about them this season and like it's kind of a perfect race to sum it up as well with yuki finishing p10 daniel having a solid sprint he unfortunately didn't have as good of a race yeah. but solid weekend i would say a solid couple weekends for him not obviously he had a better weekend in hungary but in general i think my question for you with them would be, do you think Yuki, like performance-wise and based on the car he has, do you think he's been a top 10 driver this year? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel, I like, think I so. feel like he has been. I like, think I so. Like I would like lump him and Albon up in that group of like the, the back markers where they're just completely outperforming the car and like putting up point performances where they shouldn't even be close to it. Yeah. So like, I would throw those two guys as the ones up in that top 10 for sure. 
Maybe even like Nico as well. He has like kind of he's yeah been, he's on Saturday. If it was on Saturday, it'd be a top three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's unbelievable. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's three day weekends here. <laughs> no, but that's definitely uh, I think just shows like how good he's been. He's obviously not had good weekends every weekend, yeah. but we can't expect that from from this car. But if you look at their season as a whole, we, we've really seen him like come out of his shell, and we've talked yeah. about it in in prior podcasts. But he's really come out of his shell and been able to show like what he can do and. The fact that I don't think we've ever really talked about him even having a chance to be in that Red Bull seat, but he's at least in oh, that conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, big time. Which is, uh, I think, a good definition of someone that's been a top 10 driver as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it should be exciting to see where that goes. And then, obviously, there's not too much else to say with Daniel. He's got yeah. <laughs> a couple races under his belt. It's nice to see him back, but we'll see what he can do. He, yeah. He'll be looking for a big second half, obviously. He'll exactly. be looking for a good push. He'll obviously want to score a couple points uh, in the second half at least. So yeah, we'll but see. going from like where I thought Yuki was going to be behind Avries at the beginning of the year, not knowing what he's going to look like with Pierre, I couldn't see a better first half for him. Yeah. to start this year. I did want to mention too to, to kind of wrap up the Alpha Tower talk. I think September sixth or early in September, they're coming out with a uh, documentary type video on their YouTube channel. Okay, and it's going to be like. A documentary of the past two seasons so like 2021 oh, and 2022 okay. apparently it, it sounds like it's going to be really well done and yeah the, it sounds like a big production if it's two years yeah and it's also going to touch on like the history of alpha tauri and like toro rosso and everything like that so definitely uh if for those because oh, this is their last year yeah being exactly. as alpha tauri okay so it's kind of like a put a bow bow task on it yeah exactly a little bit of boat task but also i think it's just like um, one of those things where if you're a lower, like they're obviously not a team that's as, um, like popular as like Ferrari or Mercedes or something like that. So if you release like that kind of content on a service that's like YouTube, where it's like free, you're obviously going to get like more people tuned in. It's yeah. a better way to get fans for them as well. It's kind of like a little drive to survive, but just their, just their documentary. So I know most teams do like vlogs after each race, but I feel like this one's more of like a higher end production more of like a documentary like i said so yeah i imagine and september 6th is confirmed okay it's the confirmed? people that are interested yeah so um d- make sure you check that out i mean you'll probably see lots of flashes of red bull history as well there's been a lot of drivers come through that academy so you if you don't really have to be like a yuki fan or whatever like you i'm sure um you know if you're like carlos was went through there daniel obviously max like Alex, all these drivers, uh, Sebastian Vettel as yeah. well, one, one in Monza there. So yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot of cool history and for any of the, anyone that w- watch, listens to us would definitely like that stuff. So check that out. Make sure you go, you know, no free ads, but unless Altari <laughs> wants to sponsor this. James already has a hat, yeah, but we could, use, <laughs> we could use the full jumpsuit, I think. Love their merch. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, obviously their P10 and the constructors, I, I, you know, if there's still a couple point scoring finishes, I think they could honestly maybe finish P9. Like, I don't yeah. really think the Romeo is too hot. So um, we could see that battle being definitely something to look forward to in the second half of the mm. season. But and that Haas just can't score points. No, they so, they have to finish. I think they'd have to finish like, or they'd have to start like a minute ahead of the pass. Because <laughs> that's how bad their race pace is. To be Every, everyone's first lap is backwards. And yeah, yeah. Could start they get going. one lap and then, yeah, they're a lap ahead of everybody. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely a disappointing year, though. Like, I mean, the Haas at least has had like highs. Yeah, I don't really think there's been a lot of highs. Like, yeah. obviously for them, like a win, the best race you can do really in an alpha is like a P, P10. A P9 would literally be like a win for them. Yeah. So, um, especially when we've, mentioned this in prior podcasts but 
like nobody really DNFs anymore. There's not like six, seven DNFs in a race. Yeah. So they're really, really trying to capitalize um, on when these point scoring opportunities when they can. So uh, moving forward to that quiet team that I mentioned, the Alfa Romeos, there's really just not that much to say about them, to yeah. be honest. Like they've just been slow kind of all season. They've been that car that's just not really been able to keep up with both the pace to start the season like that last year they had like really good pace to start yeah. the year that's why they got ahead so far in the standings but this year they were kind of slow to begin with and then from a development side they really haven't done anything that's like shocked anyone or done any any real like they real great performances i know they had yeah. the qualifying i think in hungary that was really good but they couldn't capitalize on that so yeah, it's been a really quiet year. I think from both drivers, like Joe and Bottas, it's just been pretty disappointing. Like yeah, it's just meh. Like I don't think they've been bad, but like really neither of them had done anything. Like I wouldn't even put one of them above the other really either because like they're not really showing yeah. as much. I would literally just – I put yeah. them like on my notes here. I just said they're just such a quiet – it's just been such a quiet year from them. It's like – they're just kind of like a passenger around yeah, here. So literally, yeah, um, not much else to really yeah, add like, on to. When, when you see them on the standings, you're like, oh, well, I know where they're going to finish. Yeah, like 16th, yeah, 17th, 18th, like one of those. So yeah, at least they were able to keep Joe the right side up in Silverstone. Yeah. They no, got that going that, That's us. the win of the year. Yeah, that all four tires were on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know like they're obviously going through a lot with, uh, I think they'll be the ones that Audi comes in for. In oh, that's 2025, right. 25, so I think it's 26. Yeah, something like that. So, like, there's probably a lot of, like, organizational, structural, maybe... Distractions. Shortfalls, distractions, yeah. what you want to call it. But anyway, yeah, it's just been a quiet year. Um, moving up the standings into P8, which is Haas. And also above them will be Williams. These are the two teams that we were just kind of talking about that definitely have, you know, a lot of sporadic results so you could have like a really good weekend where uh like we've been saying nico or alex puts the car up into q3 and really gets the most out of it on uh on a saturday and then basically for the Haas, they have to just hold on because yeah. their their race pace is probably one of the worst of the field but at least they have the highs of being able to like qualify well whereas these other two cars that we mentioned the alphas don't really have that in, the, in their locker but um I think how we really sum, summarized their season and we, they didn't really do too much uh, in the last few races. They've been pretty quiet other than the sprint in Austria where Nico picked up some really good points. Um, but other than that, they really haven't, haven't had a hot season. Kevin's been probably one of the worst drivers on the yeah. grid this year, which is unfortunate, but um, the real high for them has definitely been Nico like coming back and we've mentioned it in pr- prior podcasts, but He's just come back and been the what exactly what that team needed, if not yep. more than what they thought they had. Because now he's like, he's basically taking the the uh, battle to Kevin, like Kevin was doing to Mick. Like he's consistently out driving him. Yeah. Um. Even more, I'd say, because like he's, you know, he's put it on in Canada. What was he? Q P three. He qualified P three, I think. Yes. Um, in the rain when maybe P four. I think P, it was. It was yeah. I think it, no. It was P two. He was on the front row. P two. Yeah. And then it was a penalty. Wasn't and then it was it? Hamilton and Alonso right behind yeah, him in the Sainz second row. Yeah, got a penalty yeah. for impeding. So yeah. Yeah, and then so yeah, the and then Austria as well. He, I think he was on P three, maybe or uh, close to the front row, anyways. Yeah. And then held on for some um, points, and and he's been again what exactly what they've needed. So 
Um, my kind of question to summarize their half to you is, do you think that he sticks around? Do you think he stays? Do you oh. think he signs? Because that's a team where F1 released their kind of like classic silly season graphic yep. and Haas has like two question marks. So do you think Nico sticks around? I feel like he has to. Like Haas would want it and I don't know where there would really be a seat opening up where he would kind of feel comfortable doing that switch. And I, I just want to say that I was completely wrong about him because I love Mick so much and you were saying the complete opposite. So you were definitely right <laughs> in this regard. But I feel like he might be someone that kind of wants to do like one year deals. Maybe find himself in that Audi team coming up in a few years, you know, I think, I think I'm pretty sure Audi's German, German driver, that could be like a nice little marriage. So something to consider, but yes, I feel like he for sure sticks around next year. Haas would, I feel like they'd be stupid not to. Yeah, no, I, I feel like for out of those two drivers too, like it's not even certain that K Mag based on his performance this year will be sticking around. But I yeah. think it also seems like from all the interviews I've listened to and everything I've read, that Nico's really happy in Haas as well. So if he's here for a couple more seasons, even gives Audi a season to like get under their belt, it's just crazy to think that everyone had written him off. Like he was was never getting another seat. Yeah, you were for sure. (laughs) But no, like no hard feelings. I totally understand. And in Mm -hmm. my heart of hearts, I also felt like he was probably done. But um, the fact that this is, he's come back around. He's on form. Yeah. Oh, it just shows the longevity of like a career when you have this much talent and, where his talent shining this year is definitely over one lap, and oh, it's probably it bigger than what most people ever thought he even had in the tank. So, um, Big very time. impressive. And when I guess when you look at a guy too that comes back like Alonso and races into his forties, it's not like shocking that he can still be good because he was always a really highly touted driver, even when he was young and in the juniors and everything. But um, yeah, I think same same here for me. Like I think he's gonna stick around. Yeah. And the big part about that is that it's. A, a mutual thing. I think that both sides really yeah. want want yeah, that to be. The that's case. the one thing I wanted to say though. I have that hunch that he's going to try and like bridge himself to that Audi team, and when it when the time comes, they might obviously want to go for like an even bigger name just yeah. because they're new team. I've heard Signs is in the top. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the silly season rumors. Yeah. Signs might be going over that way. Just add another jumpsuit to his collection yeah. of teams he's been Seriously. on. But I feel like that would be a nice match made in heaven. Have like a cheaper driver for a brand new team where they probably want to put more money in the car than the, than the driver itself. He's yeah. experienced. So, and German. So I feel like that's kind of like the marriage they have him bridge into. Yeah. That I feel point. like Mick probably has his, eye, his eyes on Audi oh, as well. That would be a sick team. German background as well. Oh, but, I would love um, that. Yeah. Interesting. And, and it's just cool to think that like he has that kind of option now that he's doing in back in the sport and doing as well as he is. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. And I think that we're going to see a lot of the same. They're just, their whole focus is trying to fix the race pace. And yeah. that's really where they need to be. Cause like I said, they could literally qualify P one and they'd still probably be they'd, scrapping for points. They would need like they a hailstorm to come through yeah. for them to convert on that. So it's nuts. Yeah. So high highs and highs and extreme lows as well for, for Haas, but there has been like decent amount, like the fact that they're scoring some points compared to what they've seen the last few years. It's just crazy how their identity is just that like they can qualify well, but they can't race, which is just like uh, a wild thing yeah. for, for obviously the points aren't coming out on Saturdays. So uh, at least only when it's yeah. not a sprint, sprint weekend, but um, yeah, moving forward to a similar team, but I think a team that's done things better uh, and that's Williams and my, by me saying, I think they've done things better. I think it's that, We've mentioned it before, but they've cashed in on opportunities. They've gone mm-hmm. all in with the setup of their car. They've gone all up in with the development direction of their car to basically make it a bullet in a straight line and not that great in corners. But 
like it's made it so on the tracks that suit it, they've capitalized. And we've seen uh, mm-hmm. another driver that I would argue maybe even top seven, top six driver yeah. this season would be Alex. Uh, he's been extremely impressive. He looks so comfortable. He just looks happy again, too. Yeah, he looks happy. He looks comfortable. He's just destroying his teammate. Like Still has terrible hair. He needs to fix that. Oh, his style is terrible. It's but... atrocious. Absolutely yeah. atrocious. But it, it's his, you know, he, 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 yeah, it's his thing. he owns it. Yeah, exactly. But um, like I just said, they have extreme highs as well, but they, they, they plan those highs. They plan yep. to be good at those certain tracks. and um, they... Eggs in one basket. Yeah, eggs in one <laughs> basket. And it's like one of those things where it's like such a good strategy as a lower midfield team because yep. it's like five, ten points means so much more than one point every... 10 races yeah, you know what i mean exactly. like kind of what alpha tower is doing is like one point every 10 races or whatever so um yeah definitely uh i do have to admit too because obviously we want to talk about belgium a bit here i gotta eat my words on the whole oh. um <laughs> top what did i say uh top three in practice which almost happened oh. which almost happened that was good value you just needed some more just needed some more rain falling. to keep falling um and then i had him in the points which was just Unfortunately, I think they set their car up for the qualifying in the wet and they didn't really nail it. And then they didn't really have enough pace on, um, on the Sunday. They were just terrible in sector two. Like they almost made their car too fast in a straight line where they actually yeah. couldn't turn it. It was like a boat. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> he was still like ripping through the, the crowd though. I just feel like no, his yeah. tires just kept falling off the face of the earth. No. Like, yeah. And he, he, he was kept a, having to in it. And that first lap too, he was like P seven. I was like, Oh yeah. my. I thought he was going to win the race. Yeah. Was so that first sector up. of the first lap. I was like, he's going to be P one. I was so horned up for yeah. that. So just who was the, the one guy like falling out of the, uh, going up into Orouge. Piastri. It was Piastri. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was just falling out completely. And then just so and many cars signs, got clogged yeah. up and he went yeah. straight by everybody. Oh, yeah. Some excellent. Wanted it. Definitely. Definitely. Just, uh, he's been so good this year to watch. So, uh, my big question for you with Williams yes. is might be an obvious one, but does Logan Sturgeon stick around? It's been half oh. a season. I don't think that it's going to be a mid season change. I think it's most likely too late for that. Yeah, unless yeah, something comes over the, the wire in the next couple of I was going to say, can't see a mid season change. But, like, he has been so bad, in my opinion. I feel, like he's, I feel like he's been, like, closer on occasions than, like, let's say, like, Latifi was yes. in some occasions. But, like, the first few races of the season were definitely, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, what were your expectations, too? For me, like, not, I didn't expect a lot. So there's not a lot. Like, whereas DeVries, I think we expected a bit more. Yeah. So it's a hard one to judge, but like, I feel like there's better people to drive that car. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. And I don't think this, like, I think this is a 50, 50, whether he stays or goes like, I I don't know what his like partnership income background is. Cause that plays a lot in those poor, I don't want to say poor. These are hundreds of millions of dollar car franchises, but like the, the The non Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. The teams without the biggest budgets. They very much value that sponsorship dollars coming in. So I don't know what he really brings to the table in that. And I feel like there could easily be a more talented driver to come up and take that spot. So well, even like you see like Mick waiting in the wings. Yeah. Who I would argue Mick would be doing a better job. Oh, I than uh, that. I would almost guarantee it that yeah. he'd be doing a better job. And I'm sure there's people in F2 that would be able to come up and take that job. No problem. Yeah. So it's something that like there's so much politics that for me, keeps it a 50-50 of whether he stays or goes. Yeah, I think a 50-50 is a good show because, like, it's not like he's been the worst driver we've ever seen. Like, I think he 
if he has a good second half, he definitely yeah. gets that seat. But, Agreed. Uh, there's nothing yet to say, like, that there's even more than a 50-50 chance. Yeah, that exactly. There's nothing desirable about what he's had so far. Yeah. All right. Well, and a lot of people were saying, like, this might be his best chance for some points in Belgium as well with the car, the way... But it really just did not work out for them. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, in the second half for the American driver. Uh, moving on to um, two teams back-to-back again that their stories are kind of intertwined in a way where one has been a bad surprise and one has been a very good surprise since the start of the season. So thankfully we'll start, for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll start with uh, P six with Alpine. Uh, they had a good start to the year. I think like the fact that everyone was kind of running their base cars and they, they, uh, as I mentioned, we've mentioned before too, they're not a car that's like super power hungry. So with those other cars, not necessarily maybe having the aerodynamic advantage early in the year because they haven't developed yet, then they could still be closer. They could be closer. And like obviously on tracks with slow speed where we saw one of the best performances in a while from someone outside of uh, the top five cars with Ocon being P3 and almost putting it on pole in Monaco. Um, That was nuts. That was like definitely the high for them and it won't get higher this year. I'll guarantee you that. But um, that's the track for them and they did capitalize on that. So that's been probably one of their only good weekends of the year. Yeah. And then, um, oh, I mean this year we had Pierre P3 in the, in the, in sprint. the sprint, but yeah. he's really had a, a lackluster year as well. But in general, they've just been like, not just not fast. The car has just been, yeah. um, like lacking power. Uh, so they've really fallen off. They've fallen off so much that Otmar and the rest of the, racing principal crew i don't know what the other person's called development or something like that or racing i can't remember the other other person's name but um have been let go after spa which was a huge surprise uh going into that weekend you know they've announced it before the weekend as well so we knew just very shocking to see Um, and yeah it's just been a year of like just disappointing disappointing it started off decently well and then i think with the development race, they've just went the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, and also they just can't get out of each other's way. Yeah. Like every single time one of these guys crashes, it seems to be into their teammate. Yeah. Like it was Australia that happened, uh, two weekends ago in Hungary. Yeah, Hungary, yeah. And then wasn't it Silverstone as well that went there when they touched? Uh, I want to say it was Silverstone weekend that they touched as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been like three weekends where they double DNF'd yeah. because of, their own cars tripping over each other. Yeah, that's a so, recipe for a team principal oh, <laughs> ready to yeah, leave. Yeah, it's brutal. And and one thing I wanted to say about Otmar being axed, he was on the Beyond the Grid talking about that them. week, yeah. talking about upper management, how he would have handled the situation differently. I forgot what the what it was. I think it was Oh, it was some executive Rossi. Yeah. And he, he was, was like he was like basically like publicly chastising like the the team and how they've done this year and the drivers and yeah. stuff like that yeah and then yeah. he and Otmar was basically saying how he disagreed with it and would, would have handled that situation completely different but him openly criticizing what his you know upper level management his bosses were doing does that have something to do with it yeah. who knows who knows like I don't know if that was like insubordination what yeah. was going on I mean I feel like I feel like a lot of it to play I feel like a lot of it too is just like that we saw the writing on the wall. Like when you have yeah. three double DNFs, that's just like not a good yeah, look. The, the, clearly this was not the main thing that got him fired, no. but that could have been the straw it that broke been. the camel's back. It could have been. Because sure. that maybe that's all it took was just a, a small man's ego. Then all of a sudden he says these words and he's like, all right, get out of here. We're yeah. done. So, yeah. which is a shame too. I like Otmar. He's, he's great on the grid. And he's always one of the ones 
team principals that are like willing to talk. Yeah, he's the... also really funny if you follow him on social media on Instagram. Like his captions are just like you can tell he runs his Instagram because it's very like I think his latest post was just like after he obviously he's been let go and went back home and i think he's from like a really small village almost in the states and like no it's in romania or romania oh, yeah you're right the not states. the states yeah, that's right. yeah but he's from a really small area and he took like a selfie of himself like at home and he's like it's nice to be home or something like that it's, he's just like a really wholesome dude too so yeah uh, yeah, he's yeah nice i don't think it'll be the last we see of him around f1 i think he's been like sought after for a reason like it's yeah. also strange that he's changed teams so much in the last few years seriously but, um just going to rivals too it's not like he's going from like the bottom of the grid to the top he's like sticking <laughs> around that like midfield yeah, so the, yeah maybe they're just like we're sick of he seeing you so <laughs> so um but yeah. overall i think the way to sum it up is like there's been some nice results for them but just no consistency at all and then also just terrible like those double dnfs are just heartbreaking yeah so, yeah, it's 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 tough, and with how much hype they had going into the season, the two French drivers and the French team, just to have it be this way at the halfway point, tough. Yeah, one hundred percent. Moving forward, we got our definitely our best surprise, as you yes. alluded to. There, we got the McLaren boys who've really found some kind of silver bullet, like we've said before, and really pulled out uh, an amazing development piece of work, and um, they've brought them from arguably maybe third or fourth slowest to on their best day, second fastest, if not like could be fastest, I think by the end of the season, like the way, if they keep going the way they're going, yeah, so, if they keep making these um, jumps. Like if we want to talk part points in the season that we've seen them, but also just this past weekend in Belgium, we saw Oscar take P2 in the sprint race, unfortunately had a collision with Carlos in the real race and wasn't able to um, get anything out of that. But uh, we also saw a great recovery drive from Lando, who, oh. again, I'll have to eat my words, he did not have a chance at pole, but I think that was a lot due to, obviously, the weather was playing a part, but also, he went into the gravel, and I think he did some damage to the floor of his car, too. We were texting about it during it, but, mm. um, so a little tough there, but we're still worth the bets we put on. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just yeah. in general, like, how great has it been? We We kind of, I don't really want to touch too much on them, because our last episode, I feel like we talked about them for, like, 80% of the episode. Yeah. Um, but th- there's not much else to say other than it's just been such a good surprise to see them uh, make their way back up the field in a yeah. year that we really thought we were going to have to bite our tongues and just watch again. And maybe even see Lando walk out by the end of it. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, Seeing <laughs> how crazy. sad he was. Yeah, and there was even uh, some people like reporters that were asking him questions and he was saying like, yeah, I was thinking about it. Like that it was, it was something that was there. So yeah. But yeah. One thing I just wanted to mention is that they always talk about the development race. And this was the first time that I've like legitimately seen the difference it makes like yeah. a glaring difference where you can be like, holy shit, whatever they did, it was a fix. Yeah. Like it was right. They nailed it, whatever it was. So it was the first time I've ever seen like, the constructor, the team, the factory, all the times they get praised for in yeah. the post-race interviews actually come through and be like, okay, this is why it's so damn important. Yeah. That's why there's two championships. Like, it, it, this car is its own entity. It's its own thing. I feel like you could probably say that same thing about, like, Merck last year when they got the win in Brazil True. as well. Yeah, but, but I, that was a gradual one. That was gradual. Well. This that, one this one was, yeah, like... It was so sudden. So sudden, like, after Canada all of a sudden. They didn't yeah. want to show it to us, but after Canada, yeah. they were just... Yeah, so 
No, I think it, you have yeah, a good You're point. definitely right, though. Mercedes last year was one definitely that piece saw of it, it gra- initially, yeah. but this was the one that was a huge jump. And I think this was more of a shock as well. Like, yeah. we didn't expect yeah, it. Yeah, no chance. Especially because, like, they weren't one of the first teams to bring upgrades. So it was like we saw all these other teams bringing upgrades, Ferrari and yeah. Mercedes and Aston. We we're like, oh, they're going to make gains, make gains. And they made maybe little gains, but not enough, in my opinion. And we'll yeah. talk about that briefly. But it's it's cool. I like. I almost wonder how the simulations maybe they were even blown away with how good it was because yeah. like this is better than i think they would even would have dreamed so yeah it's, seriously yeah, like I, I i wanted the, that second race to be like are you guys fucking with us yeah yeah like, and I it was hungry to too hungry. i needed yeah. to see hungry to be like is this legit or not yeah i was honestly even like leading into the spa as well I'm like is it like i, I still yeah. think that and i'm gonna keep thinking that every race weekend it's, yeah. it's a weird feeling to be from where it was at the beginning of the year to have that oh the where it was at the beginning of the year was so heartbreaking so yeah no for sure and yeah it's also just like um if you go back to and listen to our other episodes we were not jumping all over them after silverstone because we were like we still have hungry we still have all these other tracks silver if you go good in silverstone and in hungry then we'll be happy he goes good in hungry again so yeah um yeah i i think it's just like Again, like the way I would sum up the first half of the year is just how they would have wanted or even better. Like that's that's yeah. kind of what they've done. So yeah. um, I'll keep my last comments because we're going to talk about our moment of the season at the end of the episode here. But yeah. we've got a couple more teams to touch on. I think we can probably group the next two teams together actually. Ferrari and Aston, they've been teams that obviously had a lot. One of them, Ferrari has a lot of pressure to be a world title contender. Yeah. Aston has a lot of money behind it and a lot of you know, aspirations to be such. And at the start of the year, they were comfortably the two fastest cars outside of the Red Bull. Um, and then like we mentioned here, they both brought upgrades in this development race, but to me, they've been the most disappointing and their their, their, their stories kind of like intertwine in a way because where we sit now at mid season, these are the teams that we're looking at battling like P six to P 10. Yeah. As like, and and compared to where they were at the start of the year, like fighting for those last podium spots consistently, uh, it's just crazy. And I think that it's a good way to like put them, you know, we can put them together yeah. and say like, they're now kind of the bottom of the best of the rest. Like, yep. Agreed. Top of the midfield, I guess you would say. Yeah. Like Charles is race. <laughs> yeah. Charles, his race on, uh, in Belgium was like, that shocked me yeah. that he was able to keep that spot away from Lewis. Like, yeah. that was a hell of a race from him. Made me mad because I had Verstappen fastest lap and Lewis just said, screw it, I'm pitting. And he ended up getting the fastest lap at the end. So that kind of made me mad. So fuck you, Charles, for <laughs> not giving but Lewis the spot. I feel like it's one of those things where we've seen both drivers, like Charles especially, I feel like he's like, he can pull like miraculous races out of the bag, but he can also be like where those few races where he just crashed every, yeah. every weekend. So it's like you have that and then you have Carlos who's been really consistent, consistent but yep. the car itself just looking at it it's like they've brought upgrades but all of a sudden the Mercedes is faster most of the time especially over a race distance. Yeah. You know, maybe not in qualities but over a race over distance race for sure. And then the all of a sudden the McLaren's like miles ahead of them. So um like obviously we didn't see it in the end of the race in Spa and what a performance this was by Charles yeah. but if you were to summarize their fucking first half of the year, it's like they're literally now looking at P6 to P10. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy to think. It's that, nuts. That that's how that was. But and someone has to fall for McLaren to rise. So. Yeah. And like you said, their aspirations every year is to be a world champion. 
and they're not even close. Yeah. Not even in like an, in that realm of being in it. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's so just disappointing from Ferrari and they have such a good driver lineup too, which makes it hurt even more. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Can't much, not much else to say for them. But. Yeah, and same thing kind of, we'll, I mean, we touched on the driver lineup, so we'll touch on the driver lineup for Aston as well. Like, we've talked about Lance. There's not, not much needs to be said. He's getting, to go. He's, That's he all needs to, to go. Said. He's getting beat so bad by Fernando. Yeah. Fernando's still quality, so there's still that quality there in that team to be able to perform. And it's crazy. I think last episode we touched on the fact that, like, Fernando said he was never going to not be on the podium or he was going to definitely yeah. beat Checo for P2. And now... We're looking. We're looking like you might get caught for by both the Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see how many P twos Lando has too. You never know. So uh, yeah. still lots more to go in the season. But, but having him on the podium at the beginning of the year, every race was fantastic. Yeah, to see. that it was, was really so cool. much fun to see Fernando. At and the it's top. almost been like the best part to how they've like not fallen, but like we now we see that like there's a, still a battle. Like I mean, don't get us wrong. There's still a good chance that these three teams, McLaren, Mercedes, or sorry, yeah, McLaren, Mercedes, Aston, and Ferrari, four teams, yeah. are fighting for podiums next for the next half of the year, which is yeah. a good sign. And don't get us wrong, like, but it's just, compared to where they started, it's crazy that they're not faster than they are. I yeah, think, the other teams have caught up and then surpassed, yeah. which is a tough place to be for yeah. Aston, especially with that flashy new uh, factory they have going on. They do not want to be having these results yeah. after spending like a billion dollars on that thing. <laughs> I'm sure they want. To... Well, it's not done yet, so that's what they'll say. Okay, there you go. <laughs> when it's Pop done, then they'll they'll say that. But um, yeah, so moving on up, we've got two teams that are a little quicker to chat about. Red Bull's easy to talk about. Yeah, they don't have much to say there, but I do want to touch on Merck quickly as well. I think when you look at both their drivers, I think compared to last year, George is having a lot less consistent of a year. That's kind of a tough thing to say because like last year was so consistent right but um he's definitely had a lot of weekends where we're like like i remember i think it was in spain he was when he was impeding lewis in in qualies and he's had moments where it's just been let me he's been a little like crashy this year as well so wasn't he didn't he qualify p16 for the last race yeah so or p18 or something insane like that so he's been definitely not as consistent this year as he was last year that being said, like the car itself isn't a great car. It's been a lot to deal with. I think the only reason we really talk about Merck being so high up is that I think Lewis is just doing a phenomenal job with the car that he has. And he's obviously, there's been a lot of moments of complaining and a lot of tough moments for them, but he's really doing, a, I think he's doing a better job this year than George. Agreed. Whereas I think George had a lot more highs last year than Lewis did. Um, but I mean, they're steady. That's what we've said all along. They know mm-hmm. how to execute a race weekend. Even if their car is not where they want it to be, they know how to execute weekends and they know how to score points. And that's yeah. been the name of the game if you want to stick around in that top three battle, really. They're just um, bagging points every weekend. Yeah, just and like yeah. like you just said, Pitt Lewis late, grab another point for the fastest lap. This is what yeah. they do. They just, they just well oil it. They know what to do. So, um yeah, I don't know if there's anything to add from your side. I was going to say even like last year, maybe Lewis had some scar tissue of how the championship ended and may have been screwing with him for the, the 2022 year. Like the new car, the porpoising, how the season ended. Could have been so many factors that was screwing with him. So I feel like it's just Lewis's back and the gap between them is what it should have been from the start sort of thing. Yeah. 
and yeah, it, he and he's been ridiculous too. Like his form is unbelievable. Yeah, especially in a car that like we saw in Canada too. It's just like it's it's a handful compared to especially the Red Bull, but even yeah. the other cars he's battling. I would say that like you wouldn't put one of them above the other. He would probably even rather drive a McLaren right now. Oh, I think 100%, he would. I think he would. Would rather sure. drive one. So. Um, yeah, impressive year by him, and we'll see how George's second half goes. He's still uber-talented, so we'll see um, yeah. how that goes. Uh, not much to say about the last team. Obviously, your boy, Max, he's putting on a clinic. He's making this year uh, just unreachable. He's beating everybody by yeah. – he's making everybody look like they're driving F2 cars. He's it's a joke. He's so consistent, too. Like, he's really just – I mean, we've said it again. We've said it in past podcasts because there's not much else to say with this guy and this team, but they are etching themselves in the history books of Formula One. This is their time. This is what he's doing. Um, it's domination by him and the team. They have no mercy. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's been Not even wild. their trophies stand a chance. <laughs> like, everything's just getting wrecked he in the way. He probably didn't want it. Yeah, he's like, I don't have space anymore. Yeah. The, the one thing I want to say about Red Bull is I don't want to have just, like, one random race weekend where they don't win. If we're going to sit through <laughs> 22 races of them just dominating, give me a clean sweep. <laughs> just give me a full year of Red Bull domination so we can be, like, it was something that we witnessed and will hopefully never see again. Yeah, yeah. We don't want a little mix don't up. tease us with one mix-up. Just give me just one. <laughs> just give me pure domination to say it's happened. Yeah. It's, it was like the Patriots' perfect season. I don't want them to lose the Super <laughs> Bowl the at Giants. the end of it. Yeah, I don't want it that happen at the very end. Just give me the full clean sweep. It's a sick year if I, that happens. I appreciate your opinion, but the only the one of the only reasons, not the only reason, I shouldn't say that, but one of the only reasons why a lot of people are tuning in is to see is that to see happen. It happen. Yeah. So you might just punt a lot of people off watching <laughs> yeah. weekends if you for sure guarantee that that's gonna happen but it is you know i was a question i had too do you think they'll win them all and what if, if they, they do, don't have reliability issues yes yeah. i think they're gonna win them all yeah. like verstappen's on a whole nother level it's not right even now. a joke anymore it's like a legit it's a legit situation there is a timeline where this happens yeah and like i can easily see red bull the one thing i like for them to fail i literally want to say it's going to be like a checo verstappen like yeah incident that will end up making them which we that. almost saw in austria but that was only the sprint race i think I think that was only a sprint race. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Even if they, they're going to win all the sprint races too. But yeah. Um, yeah again, it was, like, it was the sprint. Yeah, you're right. Domination. And there is a very... It's not even a joke anymore. It's There's nuts. a very real possibility that they it's win nuts. everything. So um, that being said, let's end this on a higher note. Hopefully your moment of the season is not a Red Bull win because there's so no. many to choose from. I'm telling but you it is not. <laughs> you, you brought it up, so I'll let you give your answer first. What is your moment of the season thus far? And obviously we'll be doing this again at the end of the year, and hopefully one of them will be a win other than Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if that ends up happening. But thus far has to be the McLaren P2 and Silverstone. That was so sick to see off the restart, Lewis and on the softs, uh, Lando on the, the hards that amazing battle for three laps for him to still hold on to position at the end of it double Brit on the podium it was a that was my favorite race of the year and favorite moment because it was a McLaren boy coming through in the end of it all 100% you had mine I had yeah and I was uh, I'll just say obviously I could I'll throw in the hungry p2 as well as another highlight but um, just you you hit it on the head when you said it wasn't just because he got a p2 it was because of that battle we saw with oh, yeah. Lewis on the hards and him, or sorry, Lewis on the softs, 
Lando on the hards. That racing we saw at oh, arguably the greatest track. It's giving me goosebumps. It was fantastic us, to see. Yeah, so that's definitely mine mine as well. So not not too many epic moments to pick from uh, this season so far. But I think we still have a year of ahead of us with some uh, that's going to have some crazy tracks. There'll also be a time, hopefully, when Red Bull stops working on this year's car so that everyone else can maybe catch up. And by Brazil, maybe we'll see another shock win. But again, we, do, we don't know. Right now, they need to catch up by about 30 seconds on their race, their entire race pace to catch them up. So... Um, yeah, definitely McLaren. That was epic battle, and uh, we're a little biased because we're McLaren boys. But uh, we still got some epic racing ahead. Racing returns for round 15 on the first weekend of September, a long weekend here in Canada, so it'll be nice for us to watch. And it's my favorite track on the calendar, Monza. My Monza. absolute favorite track uh, to watch a race and to if I was driving or simulator racing or whatever, I would definitely pick Monza as my number one. So um can't wait for that we got lots of time in between so hit us up on socials with all your predictions for the second half of the year if you have some uh predictions for who might take a shock victory or where you where you think maybe the mclarens are going to finish you can let us know over on our instagram at dive bomb podcast and until september i hope we all enjoy our summer break enjoy the rest of what is left of summer and we will see you at the temple of speed the temple of speed ciao